This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hi, my name is Colton Spindlewood, and I have a business proposition for you. Have you ever wanted to shred on an electric guitar just like your favorite guitar gods? Me too. Do you hate practicing for hours? Me too. That is why you should learn to rock at the Spindlewood Center for Invisible Instruments. This will be the first center of its kind, and with your investment, we'll be able to move out of my dad's garage and into a space where my parents won't yell at me for playing music too loud. We teach everything from air accordions to air zambumba. Here is a satisfied customer. So after earning my mythical degree in air guitar, I immediately ran out to my local open mic night to test my skills. Let's just say there wasn't a dry air pussy in the joint. Best $400 I ever spent. And if you invest real money right now, you'll be swimming in air pussy, and that's a promise. The Spindlewood Center for Invisible Instruments. Rock as hard as you believe you can. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody? It is I, your host, uh, Petter Speich. I am always joined by the Air Pussy Backstroke Master. <laughs> this gross. Brandon Gooch Hahn. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. The fuck is a backstroke, backstroke master? It's because I well because the deal is guys. No, I get, so much, and I get no. so much air pussy. It's like no. an ocean. No, and Jocelyn Sharp. I'm Jocelyn Sharp. Hi guys. It's an Olympic sized swimming pool. You can, you can air find pussy. me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. <laughs> you guys can follow me at Rise to Offend on Twitter and Facebook. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week. We got Sven from Aborted. We're here to talk about their new record, Terrorvision, which is coming out September 21st, guys. Can't wait to get to that interview. We talk all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. No mention of Air Pussy. <laughs> Dude, you save that clip. So proud of you. It's my favorite. You it's, want to fuck with a till? I want. Can you send that to me? I want to make it my text message ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Just at the bank. Oh yeah, I'd like to make a withdrawal. You want to fuck with a till? <laughs> <laughs> but before that, guys, as always, we love to jump into some of the metal sucks news stories this week. My favorite news story of the week, and I always wanted this news story. Never knew I wanted it until I saw the headline. Glenn Benton. I want him versus everything from Deicide versus something and everything this week. Glenn Benton versus the Mormons. Yes. <laughs> so, let me tell you guys how this broke down and then Glenn's response. But pretty much, I guess, Glenn was at his house. As many people may know, when Mormons are on a, a mission, they uh, have the white suits. They wear, like, little helmets. Well, they don't wear white suits. They're not an R&B group. They the, wear a white button-up <laughs> and they, a black tie. They wear the Reservoir Dog suits, right? Yeah, they, yeah, no, they don't wear jackets. No, they don't wear yeah, jackets. It's no. white, okay. It's a white... Jesus t- Christ, Pete. White this, top, black tie. I saw there. I got a story over them coming to my house. Yeah. No blazers. It's black slacks, the white shirt, but with the... the, the, the short te- sleeves. The, the short sleeves, button-up white shirt, black tie, and usually a name tag that says... I like how he's picturing name. like b- the boys to men. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, exactly. Boys to Mormons. He's like, yeah, what happens is they're all in a totally white suit and it's raining outside and they, they all have and, really cool sunglasses and, on and they'll make love to you if you want them to they will hold you tight uh, only within the, the confines of marriage though <laughs> <laughs> that was me doing a boys to men reference give me some credit here we give you a ton of credit <laughs> <laughs> so anyways so the mormon missionaries they roll up on glenn benton while he's at his house in his garage at nighttime, working on his Camaro. Whoever thought Glenn Benton would have a Camaro? <laughs> right? That just is so. It fitting, just makes by sense. The way. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes total sense. You know, sense. whatever. I got an upside down cross burned into my forehead, but uh, I still and a like to rock. Camaro. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what was. That. I wonder what was in the cassette player. Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's the part of the story they don't mention. He's probably A R. What's that? What's that? Uh, A O R. Adult oriented rock. Is that what it's called? Oh my god! Is that like a new thing? No, that's been around forever. That's REO Speedwagon. Is uh, it? I used to call it classic rock. Yeah. No. Classic. Nobody calls it adult oriented rock. Yeah. What? Is you it? sound like an alien who left, who come to Earth and studied us for like a week poorly, yeah. and then came back. Jason, look, I'm at the end of the road. <laughs> Take me. To- <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Voice to men will save me all episode. <laughs> so this is this is what is what Glenn Benton says about the occurrence. I'll tell you a story about all that is evil. You ever see those guys on the bicycles with the white shirts and the fucking crash helmets riding through the neighborhood, banging on doors, wanting to talk about Jesus? 
Well, I was out here in my garage working on my car. It's pitch black, right? And I've already warned these fucks. Stay the fuck away from my house. So I was bent over the front of my car putting some parts on my Camaro. And all of a sudden, it felt like someone was breathing down my fucking neck. I turned around and there was this fucking dickhead in his crash helmet. (laughs) And white t-shirt. Dickhead and a Crash Helmet is a great album title. Great album by, title. By the way. <laughs> Fucking Dickhead and a Crash Helmet and his white shirt and tie and his backpack. And he's trying to talk to me about Jesus something or other. All I know is without touching him, I threw him off my property like a lunatic. <laughs> if you ever come back here, I'll fucking shoot you, you fuck. Wow. Yeah. Motown Philly back again. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he was angry. Well, nobody gets these references besides kids that were like 12 in 1990. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody there's, gets there's, boys to men references on the show. There's some people that are show. really young that are listening that are like, oh. what are they talking about? Motown, Philly. These are all boys to men references. I'll give you guys a heads up. So I actually, this is funny. because pretty much it. I, by the way, I think we just topped out with that last I, I think that's yeah. all I got left. I don't have yeah. anything yeah. left. I almost said Aisha Aisha. And that's not, that's, that's, that's just, that's, that's ABC. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how bad I am at, stop at my '90s Motown. Yeah, stop, stop this, this now, or, or else we're going to be working for the R and B Sucks podcast. <laughs> 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 so, but, we're, but that's actually us talking about how much we hate R&B. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's what, what it is. So I had a, a recent run in with Mormon missionaries at my house. And it's funny because he's like, he had to get them off the property. I had a situation. It was about 830 at night and my doorbell rang and my kid Briscoe, he's, uh, he's still, you know, in the years of two. So he's sleeping. So to wake up the kid is always like nightmare shit. Right. So I go down, I open the door. I see it's the fucking Mormon guys. Right. And I, I step outside and I'm like, dudes, listen. Not interested, but you can't be knocking on doors and ringing doorbells at nighttime. You know what I'm saying? There's my kid's asleep. If you wake him up, you're going to cause problems. Would you like to hear about Jesus? Like I didn't even say a word to the guys. Yeah, right. Swear to God, I'm like, no, 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 dude. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm all fine with that. How about the word of Jesus? Like they kept going, and I'm like, guys, listen, I'm not, I'm not interested. They're persistent. In this. You know, like I'm just letting you know. Stop knocking. Maybe you should stop when it gets dark outside. There's kids over here. Da da da. What about Jesus? Can we come in? We'll talk. We'll whisper. Dude, they wouldn't stop. And I, I had to be like, get the fuck out of here, dudes. See, get the fuck out of here. That's where you fucked up. You should have recorded them whispering to you about Jesus. <laughs> like, Hi, I'd love to talk to you about this. <laughs> so I used to live in this apartment building in Vegas that's full of these guys. And they never bothered me. And I'm pretty sure it's because I accidentally showed one of them my vagina one night when I came home. What the fuck? So wow. You, was it that mangled? I am not. I'm. Yeah, it was like it was falling out of my jeans. Uh, <laughs> So you know how like you're an adult and you're supposed to like go to the bathroom before you leave somewhere because you might have to go. Uh-huh. I'm not. I just hold it until I get home a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I had to pee really bad. I'm like, I can make it home. I get home. I am to the point where I'm like, I'm going to piss my pants. So I just squat in between my car and the car next to me in this parking lot. And I look up and there's a Mormon missionary standing there with a bag of Jack in the box staring at me. And I was like, sorry, you saw my pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's dude. exactly what happened. Perfect. Every week I edit this show, I think, can we get worse? <laughs> The answer and is the, the answer this week is yeah. Listen, <laughs> right? I showed my vagina to a Mormon. What's the problem? Whatever. Uh, Ozzy, uh, next story. Next story, if I can. No, I, and there's not a problem there at all. It's just, it's just a the Jack in the Box. It made me hungry. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, that's what oh, I was like. Fuck! You got to bring up two tacos. <laughs> All you got to do is just bring up food. Well, I originally brought like, up one taco, but oh, then oh, see, hey, there you go. Hey. Pete's never been prouder. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne on the Black Sabbath reunion. So Black Sabbath reunited originally in 1996 with Bill Ward. And then they did pretty much, they've been active in my mind for like the last 22 years, 21. Okay. But he said he was getting bad vibes the last 10 years and that he can't just be Ozzy with them. And he's just the singer in the band. I don't know. Does that, do you guys even care that he, he, he had bad vibes during that whole reunion? Well, cause again, they slayed when I saw him live. They did. They yeah. did. I, I just think when you're Ozzy Osbourne and you've already created this, career for yourself. I mean, when you think metal, you immediately think Ozzy Osbourne. Granted, Black Sabbath is also falls into that category, but Ozzy by himself is an entity as ju- and I, I think he's just as big as, a, as an entity as Black Sabbath was. Oh, you know more, what I mean? like, yeah, more. I mean, it's like, no, so, not more. I think so. I I would think, say, I'm I not going to say more. I think that there's a lot more people that are younger that would know who Ozzy is who would not know who Black Sabbath is. You I think that, a- that his legend permeates a little bit more because okay, of his- Okay, okay, but the youth... Are not the smart ones. Okay. 
Go away, youth. <laughs> right. Just write them all off. We're not young. Yes. Yes, this would be a happier world if we wrote them all off. Yeah, exactly. Jocelyn, show the youth your pussy and scare them away. <laughs> okay. Squirt the dirt in front of them. No more P words on this episode. We started with the air P's and now we're still... <laughs> air P's. Air P's. Wow. Anyway. I, I, I agree with you, though. I think that it's just, I mean, it's, it's he's Aussie. Like, he, what is, like, yeah. what, I mean, what does it matter? He's going to kill. He's going to do great. And I also think, too, like, when when he was in Black Sabbath, I mean, dude, he was a very, very young man. And then he was heavily involved in drugs. And this has been a problem for Ozzy his whole life. And I just think that now he's a very old man. Now he's a very old man. He's a very old, decrepit man who says he's not on drugs, but you never know because then you'll find out something different. But I think the thing is with Ozzy, it's just like, he was a completely different person when he was with black Sabbath, when he was in his younger days. And then they got back together. They're like, look, let's just do a cash grab. And then every now and then they are like, all right, you want to do another cash grab? Okay. And they just do it. So it's just kind of just going through the motions, I think. And, uh, when you're Ozzy and you're that famous and you are the focal point of black Sabbath, when, when every member of that band could to the sound that we all love and love so much. I don't know. I just think ego. I think you become a little paranoid. I mean, two of his kids, two of his kids are on television. Way to use that word paranoid. Mm. Ah. Very good. Go. His, his. You come a little never say die. Not as two of his Whatever. kids. His wife and his, his daughter are on TV every day. He made careers for his kids based on that reality show they had forever ago. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's done everything. He's done everything now. I mean, he's going to do, if he's going to do it, he's just doing it to do it. I do disagree with you on the, the you said like they were just kind of cash grabbing because they that was like some of the best I've seen Black Sabbath like five times in my life. And some of the best every oh, single time awesome. they fucking killed. They're awesome. They're I'm sure they did it not just for a cash grab because they yeah. wanted to. I, I really think so. But Ozzy's solo career and this and this re- goes into the next story is that there were some random thoughts written here by Axel Rosenberg who went and saw them recently. And he was pretty much the consensus of the article. I think everybody should go read it is that uh Ozzy doesn't really have it anymore. The best part of the show is Zach Wild, and that's probably why you bought Zach Wild back. Well, yeah, he's a he's a thousand seventy-two billion. He's years as old as Merlin. Exactly, he's seventy. Yeah, he was there when the first bacteria crawled out of the ocean. He's seventy, but he's also like coke and partying in the 80s, 70s. Yeah. So that makes him one hundred and five. I think I think he might be one hundred and five. Yeah. I, I, I like how you did the coke math. Yeah, yeah. coke yeah. math is That's hard. Coke math. Yeah, he's one hundred and five. You know I just think it's funny when people go see like a seventy or eighty year old rock star, and they're like, he really doesn't have it anymore. I'm like, yeah. he's a senior citizen. What did you think? He should be at a Golden Corral. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, Ozzy, look, have they have a anymore. chocolate fountain. <laughs> Take advantage of the chocolate fountain. I mean, at this point, like, because he, he's going to be coming to where we live, October 13th in Vegas, and uh, I want to go see him, but at the same time, I already know what's going to happen. It's going to be him singing five or six songs, and then he goes, and then Zach Wilde's probably going to play another half-hour guitar solo. Yeah. Ozzy will come back out, do two more songs, and then, and then call it a night. Yeah. And we already know the set list. Yeah. <laughs> but who cares? It's, it's Ozzy. It's, it's Ozzy. At this point, at this yeah. point, I want to go see Ozzy because how many because more he's years? Ozzy. Yeah, how many he's more Ozzy. years do we have left with Ozzy? He's a fucking rock god. Like exactly. you're not going to go not see Ozzy. Do you think they have to put his pills in a bat's head to get him to take them? Ah, <laughs> that's a good idea. Maybe now, put, put some peanut butter on the bat's head. You saw Lemmy on that last yeah. like tour. I didn't get to go to that show, but you did see him. And there's a point where stopping is probably good. Like that you told me it was a really, really kind of hard to watch him up there, right? It was hard to watch it, but I mean it it's it was hard to watch him only because it's motorhead and it's so fucking loud. I mean, when you're at the House of Blues and this guy and then all you hear is Lemmy's bass. I mean, he, they crank that bass up so loud. I mean, he's he's an amazing bass player, but I mean, he just kind of stood there statuesque, didn't really didn't really move around a lot. But Lemmy never did. Yeah. But I mean, again, when you know, we, we, but at that time he was struggling with health. You know, we, the, uh, some of that stuff was well documented, and then a few months later he was gone. That's what's crazy to me about these these guys that like criticize these older rock stars. I'm like, what the fuck did you like? I just don't get what they expected. Like, did you expect them to like jump off the amps like? they used to yeah. like they don't even have knees anymore what the <laughs> fuck are you talking <laughs> yeah. about i don't think david lee roth's gonna do a jump no. spinning roundhouse on stage anymore yeah you know what i mean it's like he might do like he a, hasn't figured out how to get his legs then around why the am i paying 250 dollars a ticket because apparently <laughs> you want to you want to soak in alex and eddie i don't know yeah you know? man <laughs> no it's it's uh i i like the fact when they ride it out like lemmy did and until like they can't anymore because it just shows that that was that's all, you know, their life. I think that's what Ozzy will do. I, yeah. I think oh, Ozzy, yeah. Ozzy will exactly do Ozzy that. Ozzy will tour until he's dead. That's yeah. pretty much, I think that's, I, 
everybody makes it out like Sharon's the one that keeps pushing him out on the road and all this other stuff for years. They've been saying that. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's Ozzy. I think, I think that audience is the one thing that he looks at that gives him the strength and the, to get up there and, and be animated. I mean, it is amazing when you see Ozzy in an interview or just walking around on the streets, you know, he looks like he's going to die right there and then, but did you put him up on stage? And I mean, at least for 15 minutes, the guy looks like he's yeah. 16 years old. You know, it's pretty, okay, 16 years old with a bad hip. But I'm just saying, like, say, yeah, 16. And, and arthritis and shit. But, I mean, it's like, but he's, but he's giving it his all. Yeah. You know, he's giving it his all. And it's, 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 you know, I appreciate that. I agree. I appreciate it, too. I'm with you on that. Next story, guys. We just wanted to bring this story up because, so there's a band, guys, called Rebel Wizard. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. But they are selling shirts. They're trying to fundraise so they can come out here to the U.S. and do some shows. And the only reason I'm bringing this up because the shirt says Rebel Wizard on the front. On the back of the shirt, it says Drunk on the Wisdom of Unicorn Semen. Oh. Aren't we all? That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, you guys can pick this shirt up for 20 bucks and get some of that unicorn semen on your back. Thank you. I like what you're guys. Did you have been thinking of that all night? No, that was actually right on the fly. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Right on, buddy. Right on. Rico. <laughs> uh, that's not boys to bed. <laughs> Suave. Anyway, so the point is, is that uh, you guys support them, pick up the shirt. Would you wear a shirt that said drunk on the wisdom of unicorn semen? I'm going to buy it immediately. <laughs> wear it. I want to do a beer bong of unicorn semen. That's what I want to do. Just take it. Like, oh, really? Can you just... <laughs> I feel like it'd be really high in sugar content. I, I, yeah. I feel like it'd be frosting. I, I don't think, feel like you could beer bong unicorn semen because I feel, I feel like, like it's the consistency of frosting. I feel like it would be more more of the consistency of you could uh, pipe it out of a piping bag. In I'm your imagining mouth. I'm imagining milk that's uh, that was in a bowl of a uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Ooh, you know what I mean? yeah, so that's what I'm imagining. Cinnamon and sugary, mm-hmm. a little loose. Yeah, and if it tastes that good, yeah, I'm gonna get a little tipsy. I'm probably gonna black out. Yeah, to all the I'm gonna drink it. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna drink, drink it right from the tap. Mm. Um, Met- metal sucks, uh, <laughs> listener. Uh, I, I apologize this week. Um, I've been up for over 24 hours, and they're always high. So what? This October. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? This October, Behemoth will release their new album, I Loved You at Your Darkest, via Metal Blade Records, a crushing salvo of black metal majesty replete with hellish riffs, thundering drum cannonades, and soaring liturgical choirs, reminiscent of classic horror cinema. I Loved You at Your Darkest is the group's most dynamic record yet. Pre-order it now at MetalBlade.com slash Behemoth. Once again, MetalBlade.com slash Behemoth. And be sure to catch Behemoth on the road this fall with At The Gates and Wolves in the Throne Room. Guys, make sure you pre-order it. It's fucking Behemoth. You know the package is going to be amazing. Make sure you guys get it. MetalBlade.com slash Behemoth. And with that, guys, let's get to my interview with Sven from Aborted. What is going on, everybody? It's Petter from the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Sven from Aborted. We're here to talk about the new record, Terror Vision, which is coming out September 21st. Now, dude, keeping death metal fresh and exciting seems really easy for you at this point, but what is your formula for uh, not repeating yourself? <laughs> what, is, what is our formula? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if... Firing band members? I don't know. <laughs> You've had the same guys for two records. Come on, right? Yeah, no. Hey, for longer than that, for longer than that. Okay. All, all jokes aside, I don't know. I think, you know, uh, we just took our time, uh, really. Uh, for this record, we, we were a lot more selective on, on the touring uh, front. We, we did two big tours, and uh, we did some festivals, which is less than half than what we did for the record before, so... Uh, I think it gave us a lot of room and a lot of um, uh, time to focus on the writing, writing of this record. So for, for you know, for some of us, it was even a, like a full-time uh, occupation to, to work on the songs. I think uh, Ken wrote a big chunk of the record, and uh, he definitely spent a lot of full days, you know, focusing writing on it. You know, some of the songs had like I don't know, fucking twenty versions until we were happy with them. So. There was definitely a lot of, uh, we were very uh, critical uh, on ourselves for this one. Why do you think that was, opposed to the last, like Retro Gore? Well, I think we we had le- uh, we had more time, is one thing. Oh, one th- yeah. we, we, we toured less. 
And I think we just, you know, we were very happy with Retrogore. We were very happy with uh, Necrotic Manifesto. And we, we just thought to ourselves, like, if we're doing a new record, it has to be better or it has to offer something else than the last. Because otherwise, you know, what's the point? So it, before we even started writing, it was more of a discussion on, uh, you know, what can we what can we do? to step it up what can we do to you know add some fresh elements to it what can we do to change things up enough so you know it's it's interesting for both us and the listeners and how can we you know make what we do better because if it's not going to be better than the last record then the, why would we you know what would we bother we tour longer on the, the fucking record you know 100 percent. yeah you guys have got Man, you've got a plenty, plenty to tour. The title of the record is Terror Vision. Like I said, everybody comes out September 21st, so make sure you do pre-order it. But as I'm sure many people have brought up to you, that is the name of a horror film that was released back yeah. in 1986. And I'm assuming you've seen this film, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> when, when's the last time you've seen this film? Ooh, shit, that's probably close to... 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now people are going to look it up now, man. And you got, you got to understand something. I'm a huge fan of eighties horror movies. We're going to talk about that a little bit. I know, I know you talk about it a lot, but we'll talk about that a little bit, but terror vision for some reason, that film, I I remember it being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad. (laughs) Oh, oh, Oh no. It is it's terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible. I agree. It's it's not a great movie. It has great artwork, you know. It has fantastic artwork. Yes. I'll, I'll I'll agree there. And the idea behind it is, is sort of funny. But the the reason if if your question is why terror vision <laughs> is is that it? Oh no, I can understand why because I remember the 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 film so vividly. Even though it was bad, the fact that I can remember it means that there was something special about it so i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh yeah let me go with the why let me say, let's go there i wasn't gonna go that route but i want to know why why terror vision well because first of all there's it it fits the concept mm. not the movie but the word terror vision uh terror vision to me was like you know aborted that the last bunch of records has been really uh focused on 80s horror uh, universe in in general, uh, as far as imagery and concept goes, especially with Retrogore as well, Necrotic Manifesto. So to me, it was like, how can I incorporate all the fucked up shit that I see happening in the world into the script of an 80s horror film? And one word that we've all heard way too much the last couple of years is terror, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with the, how the media pushes everything uh, in a way, I guess. And for me, it was sort of like, you know, how back in in the old days, horror movies usually had like an iconic villain or whatever, or this evil entity doing everything wrong. To me, the concept was more like, what if the media was some kind of kind of demonic entity that is manipulating everybody towards a common goal of you know the end of the world. And that's kind of the the play on world te- television, terror vision. The fact that terror is so present in our lives the, the last couple of years. So that was, you know, that aspect of it. And then the other aspect is, of course, the you know the horror movie uh, tribute, where uh, I, if you remember the movie, you're very aware that the monster doesn't kill metalheads, which you know I thought that was a nice bonus. Yes, I do remember that actually. <laughs> so I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to. I looked it up, Shout Factory put out a DVD, Blu-ray, I think in 2013. I'm just going to roll the dice and buy it because you don't think it's a good idea, I, huh? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm like really hesitant to do so because if I watch it again, I'm like, oh, man, this is fucking trash. I might just feel bad. <laughs> yeah, but have you seen horror movies today? Like it's the CGI world is horrible. Like television probably stands up a million times better than the PG-13 horror movies that I'm forced to sit through these days. You just disagree? Oh, no, no. No, I, I agree. I mean, what, what CGI you speak of even? Oh, There's d- a ghost in the house. <laughs> exactly. It's literally just a bunch of morons bumping around doors or something. It's just like, okay, I, I guess that's a horror film virtually i believe uh just as long as the music plays up it's a horror film these days right as long as yeah, I, <laughs> that's all you need you could be in the bathtub and just and someone closes a medicine cabinet i'm like okay 
Yeah, and uh, there's like a la- loud fucking music jump scare, and you're like, "Holy oh, shit, that was so scary! Oh my god!" I know, dude. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy that you, we we probably roll our eyes more at horror movies now than than back in the day when they were silly, man. They were so silly. That's what's missing. Yeah. Is the fun? Yeah. Is the fun aspect of it all, man? Um, thank you very, thank you very much for saying that. And that's also sort of what we're trying to do, you know, with the band is. A lot of people take the music part or whatever. You know, we take our music uh, and our craft very serious. But at the same time, you know, why do you listen to metal? Why do you go to shows and shit? It's to have fun. So people should remember to have fucking fun in all aspects of life. Exactly, dude. And that you you nailed it with metal. That's why we're all fans, I think, is because there is a silliness to it, but it's dark and brutal and entertaining. And that tongue in cheek stuff, mm-hmm. it it's it, it's more real to certain people like me, like the tongue in cheek. I'm like, I know what they're really saying there, and they nailed it. You know, they just had to go to a certain level. Um, that's what what draws us in. I. I, I I mentioned it before in an interview is that, you know, the, the lessons in like a lot of the religious books and Bibles and stuff like that, I learned through horror movies, like with moral tales and things like that. It's like, you know, and you become a good person through that, but it's the same message. Do you disagree? No, no, I agree. I mean, uh, clearly the first thing that came to mind when I watched uh, Friday the 13th was like, don't have sex in fucking camp. Mm -hmm. Clearly. (laughs) Never had sex in a tent to this day. I'll I'll stand by that because of Jason. (laughs) It's never happened. It's not going to happen. It's, a, it's probably a good idea. It's, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a question I, I didn't plan on asking, but you know, tell us about that time you had sex in a tent, Sven. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so um, back to real quick, though, I did want to bring up the Evil Dead series because obviously those are like near and dear to all our hearts. Death metal bands across right. the world have written songs. Mm-hmm. Ash and the Evil Dead, the series. I mean, I like it and all that stuff, but that was all CGI. Did you watch those or no? Yeah, I did. I did. Did you enjoy it? I did. You know, I'll agree that some of the CGI was a little eh. But to me, I, I, I really enjoyed it in a way because it, it's as much as I liked the 2013, was it, remake? Yeah, it was good. Uh, as, as much as I liked that one, I like that Ash versus the Evil Dead brought back the one-liners and the the goofiness and the the jokes that you know are completely gone from you know the the world of horror cinema these days. So in that way, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead was really struck something with me that I, I really enjoyed to watch because you know someone's head gets blown off and he pulls out one liner and you're like, yeah, yes, dude, I finally, agree. I, you know, I agree. Oh yeah, Bruce Campbell is like. Um, to 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 the death metal world, like he is to horror movies. I want to say like the Chuck Schuldiner. Like he he is that important to the to the genre of everything we like. He he's got so much. There's nobody that can beat his one liners or anything like that. And I completely think I completely agree with you. I think that series was written perfectly, but the way they make things on TV and, and movies now, that is where. I'm like, man, if, if they just did some actual effects. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think that it's more of a question of budget because practical effects these days are probably more expensive than, than that kind of CGI. Oh, no. I gar- Yeah, and the time. Time is money, right, mm-hmm. in movies. So, and yeah. That's something that I also feel in music as well. We're going to go back to music mm-hmm. for a second. And, and, and movies and entertainment is that perfection mm-hmm. can be done so easily with... Um, you know, the software we have now and all these things where what really made things stand out and special were the mistakes that they had to keep mm-hmm. in there because they were on like tape or like we only got two more takes. That's we got to use this take those mistakes. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think they're alive anymore in a lot of uh, media. What do you think? No, I, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in music these days, you don't even know uh, it, it's gotten so good. That you don't even know if it's actually a drummer that recorded it to start with, or you don't know if it's been recorded half speed or not. And if you're going to go watch the band, you don't know if it's going to be good or not, if you've never seen them. Yeah, completely right. So, you know, it's a, not that I'm saying, like, I, I know that a lot of bands don't record real drums because it, it is much more time-saving 
and faster to mix and whatnot to to have programmed drums when you're on a very tight budget then you know i i can understand there's economical reasons and whatever for everything but at the same time you know uh, a part of the soul gets lost and i don't want to be an old dude that's like it used to be better back in the day but i'm just saying like maybe just wait and, and you know take your time and do stuff you can actually do and play songs you can actually pull off live, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. Let me flip it at you. Do you perfect everything in the studio? No, I mean, obviously, there's some editing. We, we clean up stuff that's, like, too horrible, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but honestly, I mean, there's there's not that much of it. I know that, I mean, I've I've seen Ken being recorded so many times now. He he can he can pull off perfectly what's on album. I mean, if people have seen us live, can testify to that. He's he's a fa- I mean, all the the guys in the band have a lot of respect for them because they're you know they're really good at what they do and they put a lot of time and and, and effort into uh, you know mastering their instrument or whatever. So of course, there's some editing. There's some shit like, for example, if there's parts where you have some MIDI running along. Then it has to be perfect because otherwise it's it's impossible to do. Yeah, no. If, I, if the if the if the media is perfectly on grid, like some samples or whatever, and then the band is like humanly flowing around, it's still gonna clash here and there. So it all within good reason. That's yeah, but it's it's the heart and the soul, like you said, is the members' abilities, you know. Yeah, and as long as that's captured, I think use everything to your advantage. Now. Yeah, exactly. Terror Vision, like we just talked about. Guys, once again, I want to remind you, it's coming out September 21st. Make sure you pick it up. Have there is there any other horror films from the 80s, like Chopping Mall or something like that, where you're like, dude, I need to <laughs> I need to figure Chopping something Mall. out. Did you ever see Chopping Mall? Oh, of course oh dude. I did. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I dude, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so but that no no death metal band has done a movie on Chopping Mall. Or a movie. Done a done a a, a song on Chopping Mall, you know? You, you should yeah. you should consider that for 2020. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a shirt. Who knows? But, <laughs> you know, that, that's one of the things that pissed me off so much about Chopping Mall. I love the the cover. Like I, when I used to go to the video store, the artwork is always what sucked me in. Mm-hmm. Like it was always a big part of me that you know a big sucker for artwork. And Chopping Mall has a fantastic cover of the the VHS box, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the movie. Exactly. Isn't the stuff right? There's a ton of those though. I remember Death Spa. Same thing, right? It had. It just had some girl like a, It looked like a zombie movie. It was not. You know. It was a. Uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know, right? It, it it pissed me off. I watched the movies like, what the fuck are these robots doing here? What the fuck is this shit? Yeah, and I'll take. I expected like a slasher movie or something. Yeah, I, I I I'm with you on that, man. But that back in the day i used to buy records because of the album covers you know now i don't have to i can listen to them like ahead of time but and i'd, I'd be fooled mm-hmm. before too i've i've bought folk records that i thought were death metal i'm like what is this <laughs> what's going on here you know but um yeah those those covers because they they draw you in you know and then you look at the artist and you're like oh that's why it's the same dude that did the cannibal record or you know back in the day yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That that used to sell though, like the the the, the cover art. I mean, I wonder, like your guys' new records cover art's awesome. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, uh, I just basically gave the concept to Paro Olufsen. Uh, there's actually two different covers. Uh, there's the Paro Olufsen cover, which we're officially using as the cover. Uh, he, you know, he made it. I gave him the concept. He drew out like two different ideas. We went with the one that it turned out to be. Uh, there's a whole lot of color studying shit that went uh, into that as well, actually. Uh, you know, the combination of uh, green and red is something very abrasive uh, to the human mind and eye, which is also the reason, by the way, why the sweater of Freddy Krueger is green and red. Mm-hmm. Uh, little stupid, pointless information, but there you go. So that's in there, but the alternative cover is, is uh, done by Mark Schoenbach. Uh, who's more known as Sadus Art Designs. He mainly does artwork for like uh, DVD covers and shit for, uh, for horror movies. So it's a much more 80s type of painting of a, a family that's completely dead in front of a TV 
that opens a gateway to a different dimension. And there's a bunch of like uh, terrible stuff around the TV. So uh, that one is um, is the alternate cover, and uh, I think we, we released it on a shirt and a poster flag and, and stuff like that. Oh man, cool! How exciting is it that you say you you know you got this amazing artist that's going to be able to to make your vision, and you're like, do this, and then when you first get it back, do you get it back like an email? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it just like wow right away? Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, it's either wow or it's like ah. Uh, uh, how do you maybe not? How do you give someone <laughs> notes? That's what I was gonna say. How do you give someone notes and be like, I don't like this? You <laughs> know, how do you do that? I mean, uh, it, as harsh as it may be, I think the honest thing to do is tell the artist that you're not feeling it. Oh, that's you cool. yeah. uh, You don't want to waste. You don't want to waste people's time by making them make a hundred adjustments, hoping it'll turn out okay. And then in the end, you're not sold. They're not happy because they had to change two million things. It's it's better to be honest. So with, I, with Par, he he did a first sketch and it was some sort of camera looking monster. We're like, yeah, not really feeling that. Let's go with something more mystical or, or like a, a vision of hell on earth kind of thing. And then he came up with, with with what it turned out to be, and it turned out great. Yeah, dude, it's an excellent excellent cover art. So um, one thing that thank uh, you. You're welcome. I, I love all the cover art on your guys' record. You know what I wanted to bring up? This is an old question. Sorry about that. It just came to mind. But sure. when, when I got the Necrotic Manifesto, I got like a special edition, and there was a game that came with it. Do you remember this like card game? Yeah, I made it, so I oh, yes, remember of, it. Oh, yes. you made it. Okay. <laughs> do you play that with the other guys of the band? Like, I don't know if anybody else oh, yeah. knows. You guys do actually still play that game? I don't know. We haven't played it in a long time, but when it came out, we played it a bunch with the band, yeah. How exciting was it to make a game like that? Like, did you have any reference, or you're just like, I'm just going to figure this out? Well, <laughs> it was stressful, because I had two days to make it. Oh, wow. Two fucking days, and there's a lot of cards in that thing. So, uh, basically, uh, our guitarist, Danny, uh, is a... Uh, is someone that plays a lot of board games and and that back in that time uh with the band we were, we were playing a lot of board games with him and shit so we were really into that you know headspace basically i let him write out the rules and then i just i just did all the cards like it was like fucking factory work fucking design you know <laughs> yeah you know, shit out fucking cards so it was literally okay so we have these kind of cards these kind of cards these kind of cards Okay, I'm gonna get my retarded brain to work this out and just try to come up with monsters and challenges and weapons and then cards that have to do with the band members because there's a lot of like uh, little details about each band member hidden throughout the game where we're actually really making fun of us uh, our, ourselves. So no, the people who haven't played it yet, you should go through the cards because there's a lot of embarrassing shit about us on there. Is it available in any other way besides with that special edition? No. 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 So, yeah. So, the... Oh, man. That's, that's going to be a collector's item. I can see it already, man. I'm holding on to it. It's, it's going over there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you did create a video for the lead single, Squalor Opera. Now, uh, tell, yep. us, tell us about the video. And are, I mean, are you happy with it? I always ask that first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're happy with it. I mean, cool. we, we actually shot two videos in two days, which we were literally dead by the end. There's a, another video coming out next week. Uh, the guy is just finishing it up now. But um, yeah, we're happy with it. We we wanted to do something really different because if you want to see a band play in an abandoned warehouse, there's plenty of options. And I mean, we've done it. So we, we wanted to do something completely different and in the style of the 80s, but then n not the 80s that you would expect, I guess. So... That's why we went with the neon lights and everything, because say what you want, it's going to get noticed. It's, it's very different from any other death metal video, for sure. That, to me, that was a boarded plane in Miami right there. Back, you know, that was, It had the neon lights. It had all the stuff from the 80s. I thought it was a cool video, too, man. So, but th that was part of your concept, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. I mean, the band pictures are in the neon lights, too. So. Oh, on the, on the record? On the, on the book? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. So it all tied in. So if you had a big budget like people did back in the day uh, and could do anything um, with a music video, like what would you create? 
Yeah, I think I'd totally go for something like a creep show, you know, episode where, you know, every band member dies in a horrible, horrible fucking embarrassing way uh, in different kind of mini stories. I think that'd be kind of cool. If you do that today, it would be all CGI. You okay with that? No, we, we, you said big, you said big budget. Big I'm budget, practical. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I, I want I want the stomach falling out of that zombie in Day of the Dead in your video. That's what I want right there. Um, for oh. any for anybody that gets that reference, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure, man. So another another cool little no, news story that I saw when I was looking up is that Mike Portnoy, who I got to interview a couple of weeks back, um, he stated that he could not read your band's logo. Now your logo is pretty easy to read in my mind, so whatever. But um, have you ever, when you see a, a logo from a band that cannot be read, and we all know it can't be read, do you think it's ridiculous or do you think it's cool? I think it's funny in the first place. It's a terrible business decision in the second. So <laughs> there you I go. Mean, it's you know <laughs> it's a choice you know it's a choice if uh, then again i mean if, if you're used to the you know death metal scene there's a lot of logos that a lot of people are like i can't read this shit but when you're used to the style of music you can actually make out what it is but when it just looks like someone took a shit in a piece of paper and just like wrinkled the paper around and may- maybe it's not a smart idea does it give them some sort of cred in the uh, death metal world? I'm just curious because I, I, I just see it as a bad idea on every level. How, how would that give you any credit? I, I mean, I don't know. Man. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's like, I can't read your name. Cool. I, I, don't see the, I don't see the positives to it. I can see a shirt designer trying to make it perfect and be like, dude, I, I don't even, you know, <laughs> this is too much for me. It's like, here's the design and that thing on top. Cool. <laughs> So when you tour, um, like you said, you toured a little bit less on Retrogore, but when you tour, do you prefer having like an all death metal package? Because I know you toured with like Creator, Soilwork, a lot of, a lot of different bands. Um, do you like being the only death metal band on the bill? It depends. Uh, I, we like to, you know, vary. For example, the Devastation on the Nation was all death metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then the tour before that was the Creator Soilwork thing. So uh, we, we, we like doing a little bit of everything. You know, we're open to whatever, as long as it makes sense for us. And I mean, to be honest, the Creator Tour is probably the biggest tour we've ever done in our life. That, that band is huge in Europe. They're very nice dudes, too. And um, it was very interesting for us to, to play that because... We had no idea going in, like how many people would actually, you know, enjoy what we're doing and not like throw feces at us or whatever they would throw. And uh, it actually went really well. I mean, our Creator has a very open-minded fan base uh, in Europe, uh, which was very surprising. Uh, I'll be honest; they have a lot of older fans. They have a lot of younger fans, and. All in all, they're all very open-minded to the to the support bands. Sepultura was on that tour too, Ooh. and we actually did a couple of shows with Sepultura in the summer, following up on that, and that didn't go so well for us. So when Sepultura headlined by themselves, they really had like people going out just to see Sepultura, and it was kind of like, well, okay. Interesting. See, I, I, I would you never you never can tell. It sounds like that would be perfect, man. You know. I know, yeah. I know. I mean, I love Sepultura. Great guys. You know, I really like the last album too, and and they're they're great live. And we thought it was a great idea, and it it was cool. It was good shows. There was good turnouts, but it was really like people being there specifically for Sepultura. Interesting, man. Yeah, Machine Messiah was so good. By the way, yeah, I, I, was, I agree. I've I been agree. preaching that for a minute because people are still stuck on the Max thing. But I'm like, dude, guys, come on, check out this one for sure. Um, anyways. Go ahead. It's an interesting situation, that whole thing, because the other guy has been in the band longer than Max now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And it's like, and dude, they, I don't know, man. I just think that I get over things very easy. To me, this is how I see things. I'm like, you know what? I got Max doing all these other bands, and then I got these guys over here. It's like, I'm winning. So what do I need a, a reunion for <laughs> or any kind? You know what I'm saying? Especially since everybody's putting out good music to me, man. That's how I see it. Yeah, man. Makes sense, man. I agree. So, um, quick question I wanted to segue to a little bit. I don't want to, good talk, good time. I don't want to be too sad about anything, but uh, I know that you guys played the Bataclan in Paris 
uh, prior to the tragedy, and then you actually came back and played it after. Is that correct? Yep, true. What was that uh, experience like uh, coming coming back? It was it was very weird um, because they had uh, completely changed the way the venue works, and actually not only the Bataclan, but pretty much every Paris show now uh since then has increased security which means that you have to put your door times a lot uh before the first band goes on because they're like hand padding like, like they're they're patting everyone down they're checking everybody uh even before uh, in front of the uh le moulin rouge the la machine which is uh, another venue in paris they put like uh bulletproof shit in front of venue and shit it's uh it's crazy because you have to open doors, I think, an hour, an hour and a half before the show actually starts to be able to let everybody in if it's a busy show. So that already by itself is kind of like, all right, that's very weird for Europe. And the fact to be back in that room, you know, and knowing what happened was, um, I wouldn't say disturbing, but it was, uh, it, you, you know, you, you, you think about it and you let it sink in and you're like, well, damn. You know, and in a hand, in one hand, I'm very happy that we played there again too, because you know, fuck those guys that did that, and you're not gonna take away my pleasure and the pleasure of all the people that go to shows and make them afraid of going to what what's you know is basically our temple. You know what I mean? It's it's where we go and feel safe and have a good time, and it's not because there's a bunch of psychos that fucked it up that that should be gone forever. I don't think so. So it was a statement playing there, I think, for every band that plays there. But it's yeah, it's it's just uh, logistically, it's uh, it's it's quite different, and it's uh, it sucks when you're playing first, that's for sure. <laughs> I think that exactly what you said. It's it's very, it's it's a bittersweet thing, but the fact that you're still going up there on that stage, where something changed all, like you said, it changed our temple everywhere you know, across mm -hmm. Europe, even in America, like everywhere, it's, it's changed it up. And the fact that people are still very much like going there to, to not let this evil win, I think, uh, is, is, or this evil moment, I'm not trying to say an overall evil, but, um, when it, it's really cool, man. And, um, I, I, I talked to some bands that, that were hesitant to ever play there again, just because, but I think that that's, not the approach you should take. I think exactly that. I think you should no, re revisit. Yeah. Honestly, that's just giving into, you know, that's what those people want. They want people to be afraid. They want to, you know, get to you. Mm -hmm. And I think the best, the only way for me to fight that is to ignore it because, you know, throwing back hatred or, or fear is doing exactly what they want because that's what they use to recruit. So fear is something that we all relate to. We're comfortable with it. It 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 makes our life decisions fear, you know, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So you're completely right. Like to use that kind of power in any way to harm what we love is uh it's unacceptable. So it's unacceptable. Yeah. It seems like the turmoil in the world to infect something like, you know, a music venue is, uh, it's just a hard thing to swallow in my mind. I'm like, how did it get there? You know, um, hmm. just to, well, I got there because uh, bigger plans got, <laughs> got fucked up for them. Yeah. But, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a really sad and fucked up thing. I mean, it's, uh, it, what kind you know, it, it's fucked up to think about that. You have to do these kind of things. Uh, well, regardless, these kind of things should not happen, period. But people are there to have a good time, to get away from, you know, their dairy frustrations or, or whatever they have going on in their life, whatever problems they have at home. You go to a show, you go to have fun, you go to have a good time, you, you go to forget all of that shit. And it's terrible to bring that kind of tragedy in, into a place where you're, as a metalhead, should feel... At your safest and you know home exactly dude exactly so i'm in las vegas i don't know if you know but when we had the shooting out here like i'm just clamoring for that venue it, it, nothing's been happening since that sh this shooting happened out here like that site's just closed off but i'm just i want it mm -hmm. to 
exactly that. I want bands to get back on that stage. I want festivals to come back to that area. I want it to have the memory, but I also, until that happens, I feel like the, that dude won. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, it makes absolute sense, I think. And then other people are like, no, it's it's just, you should let it go and let it be. But I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's it's just a weird thing, but the fact that we talk about it these days is what bothers me the most. Because it, yeah, like I said, it shouldn't even it shouldn't even be part of the vocabulary of life. You know, uh, joyous yeah, I agree. joyous thing should never be be ruined. Like there should be some sort of sacred something to to people. So anyway, sorry about that. I went down that 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 rabbit hole on you there. So let's. <laughs> That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so let me ask you this last question real quick now. As a death metal vocalist, you have done the horror movie genre. You've you love the gore, you love the silliness, but you also have a message behind all that because it's just a human way. It's just a different way of expressing. Now, would you ever take a concept and just completely go left field and be like, "I'm going to take a children's movie from the '80s with all the cool special effects. We're talking like Never Ending Story, and write a brutal dark album about that nonsense." <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty cool idea, actually. <laughs> I think it would be I don't awesome. Know if it, I don't know if it would fit for uh, for aborted, but that definitely is a cool idea. I agree. That's how we get the children into death metal, right there. Are we supposed to get children yeah. into death metal? I don't even know. Is that is that allowed? <laughs> it's got like an eighteen. Hey, well, why not? Yeah, my... I don't see why not. Honestly. <laughs> so. And l- less less shitty things happen at death metal shows than they do in clubs. So you know. Hey, it's, it's a very true point. What children's movie would you pick if off the top of your head to be like? You know what? It's not going to work for aborted, but I'd like to see another death metal band cover the the concept of this children's movie. I uh, dude, come on! Obvious, the Dark Crystal. Boom! I was just all right. There we go. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, get that out of there. The Dark Crystal. I was going Dark Crystal or Labyrinth. Those are my two thoughts right there, dude. Yeah, or, or Legend. Legend. I mean, I don't know if I consider that a children's movie. That scared the shit out of me. I haven't seen it in years, but Tim Curry was no joke as uh, the devil <laughs> in that one. That was that was a real devil. That's how I see the devil now in my mind. <laughs> He, he had the big horn. <laughs> so, dude, that's excellent. So, everybody, I want to say it one more time. Make sure you guys pick up the new record by Aborted Terror Vision. It's coming out September 21st, man. Sven, been a fan for so long. So happy I finally got to talk to you, man. Um, and uh, thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. No problem, dude. <laughs> Oh, my soul is
Battle Sucks podcast. Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go www.rockabilia.com.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is obviously by Aborted. It is the title track to their new record, Terror Vision, which is coming out September 21st, guys. Second song you heard, uh, make sure you catch the video of that one. That one's called Squalor Opera, also by Aborted. Fantastic record, guys. These guys have been just making death metal so fucking awesome for such a long time. So make sure you guys do pick that up. And with that, I want to apologize once again, guys, for... uh, Brandon and Jaws. Don't you dare apologize for me. Mormons and Glenn. I'm very charming. Uh, I think your I think your uh, your air rage is getting out of control, Mm. and I think the only thing that can I don't think you've had enough. You haven't had enough air pussy. That's why you're so. I use the word vagina. I don't like the word pussy. Why? Okay, air. Why? Is it because you are one? (laughs) Burn. (laughs) You want to fuck with a (laughs) tulip? See you guys next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.